Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreamer Talks. My name is Abby Volkovich, and I'm your host. It is my job on this podcast to introduce you to dreamers from many different fields and walks of life. It is important to note that we can learn many things from the people we surround ourselves with. This is why I have ventured out to interview dreamers who are willing to share their journey with us. Before we begin, if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, I want to give you guys a warm welcome. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to send it over to your friends. They might also enjoy this podcast, and there are a lot of other interviews that I've done with other dreamers, so make sure to check them out as well. Today, I'm joined with Nicole Berry. Welcome. Thank you, Abby. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, so Nicole, please, if you could start by telling us where you're from, what you've done for the, you know, brief little intro of what you've done for the past couple of years, and then we'll get into some questions about your, uh, your dream, your art. Amazing. I am Nicole, was born in Mexico, raised in Ecuador, and I made Aliyah in 2015 and immigrated to Israel. Since then, I finished my degree in government from IDC, and I've been in the army for a year and 10 months, about to finish. And yes, a lot of um, meeting people and painting and pursuing my dreams on the side, I guess. That's briefly in a few words. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, cool. So yeah, we, we both come from Latin backgrounds. Definitely. The best backgrounds. <laughs> of course. Uh, cool. So... Can you please uh, touch on the point? I mean, right now you mentioned you're doing art and you're meeting people. Um, this whole uh, art that you've been doing, we'll get into the whole, you know, your, how you've been managing your Instagram and how you've been pushing it forward with different things. But how did you f originally start doing art? Like when you were a kid with your family, how, what, what was that process like? I actually don't remember. I was thinking, I was, I assumed that you would answer, ask this question and I was thinking of the answer. Honestly, I feel like I've always been that kid that doodles in class or basically doodles everywhere, color on the walls at home since I was little. I did go to art camp like everyone as much as my parents sent me to like ice skating camp or tennis camp, just all the random camps that you go as a kid. But yeah, I think a lot of doodling in school, teachers getting really mad at me, went to doodling at home where teachers wouldn't get mad at me, I went to like became just buying my own supplies back when I was in Ecuador and I was younger as other kids would like ask for phones or different random gifts from their parents I would ask them to take me to the art store and get me colors markers notebooks and just started doing it at home and then as I came to Israel became independent and financially independent I started buying, buying better paints canvases etc and started pursuing it in more seriousness but it's always been a hobby can't pinpoint a day where it ex where it started but uh, yeah I, I just don't remember a time where I wasn't painting drawing or creating something okay and what's your favorite style of painting that you would uh you know hmm I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I change styles depending on my mood mm -hmm. there are times where I like to do a lot of abstract trippy very colorful pieces I guess Probably when I'm on my happiest moods or when I need to get on my happiest moods, I guess. But I also very much enjoy making more serious, realistic mm -hmm. black and white pieces. Um, I would just say whatever makes me happy in the moment. But yeah, I've done every I've tried everything from like pop art to abstract to realistic 
you name it, I've tried it. That's fun. Okay. Um, so now, can you take me through how over the past, I think it's year that you really started, mm-hmm. you know, pushing it forward more on uh, on Instagram and with friends. What was the initial, I, I guess you could call it business plan or game plan for attacking this whole, uh, turning it into, you know, starting to make money properly from it? How How did you approach it? So the way it started, I used to just take pictures or videos of my drawings and paintings on my own and then put them on my personal Instagram. And then one day I was at the hairdresser. (laughs) And you know, when you go to the hairdresser, it like takes hours and you have nothing to talk about. So I showed her some of my paintings and she gave me the idea to open my personal account. And she said, Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, I've I've received ideas to use TikTok um, other platforms, but I don't really know how to use them yet. So for now, it's just Instagram and Facebook. Um, first, I had to create a lot and upload a lot and promote the art Instagram on my personal Instagram and just rely on my close friends' support and that they would share and that their friends would actually like and share as well to get some sort of audience, while at the same time continuing to create, 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 paint, take more pictures of the process itself mm-hmm. and make it aesthetic, like visually attracting to anyone attractive, that to anyone that would see it on Instagram or Facebook. And of course, I had to come up with a price that was the most difficult part because I love to paint. So how do you decide on a price model? How much to charge? Especially when at the beginning, it's only your friends buying. So mm-hmm. how much do you really charge your friends? And <laughs> I basically made a painting for my hairdresser. And I told her, because you gave me the idea, you tell me how much you think it's worth it. She asked me to paint a dog for her sister. Her sister's dog had just passed away. And she gave me 200 and something shekels. So based on how much that took and the style I used, I said, okay, so the ones that take less time and are like a more simple style will be less. And the paintings that take longer time and are a more complex style will be more. Um, I, of course, always end up changing the prices if you order several paintings and like it's not something fixed. Mm -hmm. I will change the price for friends or for people that order several. But yeah, that's basically the idea. Honestly, still trying to make it grow, still trying to share, still trying to create and share all my creations to attract a larger a larger audience. I received an idea from Galia, your sister, mm-hmm. to make a giveaway, which is currently taking place. And yeah, you do the pitch for the giveaway. This, this <laughs> is probably going to go up tonight. So if anyone's listening between now and when's the giveaway? The, on October 11th, next Sunday. Okay, so you guys can enter... Uh, uh nicole's instagram it's not your personal one it's the no it's on the art instagram okay very artsy (laughs) very artsy so it'll be linked in the show notes or uh you can just look it up on instagram uh and you can enter the giveaway (laughs) thank you galia for the idea (laughs) (laughs) cool um what inspirations whether it be other artists or art art styles do you kind of take inspiration from uh admire Mm, honestly like i guess everyone that paints and draws would say the same it's a lot of looking through pinterest looking through other artists um pieces and trying to never copy it but relate it or get inspired from it Mm -hmm. sometimes it's that sometimes it's landscapes or feelings and i really really like picasso it's my favorite artist and my sister's favorite artist the abstract the colors and um, 
we always try to make it wavy and trippy like he did. And obviously it's not like not to copy him or to imitate him, but to be inspired by him. And that's the only artist I could really think of. It's the inspiration mostly comes just from pieces I see on the internet, moods, and um, yeah, special like time periods. I don't know when when the corona started, for example. I was painting like these very happy pieces, butterflies and flowers, all the time because it was the darkest time period for all of us, and I needed something to lift me up. And I guess we all did. So it was just a lot of sharing colors, and I guess it's not like a particular artist that inspired me, but more the mood that I felt like I needed at the time, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, have you, you, you mentioned, you know, copying, not, not really stealing. I think a big reason uh, I personally, first of all, I don't know if you've heard of the book, Steal Like an Artist. I'll definitely, I think I have it here, so you'll, you'll, you'll I'll take borrow a look it. at it. Yeah, you'll <laughs> borrow it. Uh, so yeah, it talks to that idea how, uh, I think it might have even been Picasso, where the quote is, uh, good artists copy great artists steal and make it their own um i'm not sure if it's picasso so don't quote me on the quote <laughs> everyone look it up <laughs> uh so yeah a, a big you know concept for me with the podcast itself is is similar you know where you're sharing your story and then others can steal or copy or get inspired by what you're doing whether it be within art or with another uh, endeavor how do you what what sort of challenges have you encountered that uh, maybe your audience didn't really see but you struggled internally and then if you could share how you dealt with it or are dealing with it to maybe help those people who might go through it as well for sure so I think the first biggest challenge is to put yourself out there and it's the most vulnerable thing because art is very, very personal. And the moment that you publish it and share it and even sell it, you're literally giving it to others, sometimes metaphorically, sometimes physically. Um, so that's definitely a challenge. And you need to get over that vulnerability, especially if you want to start making money out of it. You can't let your own fears like people aren't going to like it or people are going to like others better or people will not appreciate it or make fun of it. I don't know all the things that, of course, ran through our heads as creators. Um, you need to shut down that inner voice and just jump into the cliff, I guess, and share and sell anyways, because I guess nine or 10 out of 10 times, it will be the opposite. People will enjoy and people will not, you know, say anything negative about your art. They mostly appreciate it and are very, very nice about it. Um, more like in the professional side, I think once you publish something and it's in the internet, it stops being yours. Um, that's with everything, the podcast, drawings, just anything you put in the internet, even our personal pictures, as we know, stop being ours and become the world's to manipulate, use, share, etc. So all I can do is sign all my paintings, all my drawings, and hope, I guess, that no one uses them without giving me credit. I know that there's other measures that I could take to protect my art more and definitely as my business grows, I'll look into them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's always a fear. And in the end of the day, I guess it's if your art is known and people know that it's yours and then they see someone else publishing as if it was theirs and they will alert you and you can always um, on Facebook or Instagram um, report that this has happened. It hasn't happened yet with a painting or a drawing for me, but I've had like people 
copy paste quotes from paintings that I've written and it's it's kind of weird I guess they probably don't think that it's something I wrote mm -hmm. and so I tried to make it very very clear like by Nico original like right. I wrote this I painted this and just so that people know and they don't make and mistakes how does uh I'm really connecting with this right now because uh you know when sometimes I do photography for events or mm -hmm. trips that we go on uh, a lot of people end up posting some of my pictures on their Instagram and sometimes miss to give the credit mm -hmm. where credit would be due. Um, I think a lot of people are just not aware of the want for that recognition because for you and for, you know, photography for me is also a passion. And, you know, uh, I've worked for years and my dad being a photographer to develop that skill. I think a lot of time it's the ignorance or just people just aren't aware that it's something oh they would want credit um so if you could right now be talking to that person in a very uh, kind manner be like, <laughs> explaining why that is required what would you say i guess you'd want like wh what makes you want that credit because a, a lot of times people say like oh i don't do the art for others i do it for myself but there is a sense of you want your your own credit right so how do you balance that that line i guess when you see someone reposting something that is not that is yours as their own i can't explain it it's just a very weird feeling from it, it's almost like being stolen from i could i could say because as much as i get the painting and i sell it if someone reposts it as if they had made it or doesn't give me proper credit, it's like, wow, that's all my work. I poured my soul into it. It's my original and my name isn't being mentioned, though. People will it's take, like a part of you in a way. Yeah, people will take pictures of the paintings I give them and crop out the part where, I'm, where my signature is or upload. I don't know. It makes their audience believe that maybe they bought it somewhere else. So A, as a person that's trying to create a business and mostly like friends with all my customers, it's kind of betray like betraying mm -hmm. because they know that if they share it with my signature or tag my post, it takes two seconds. It makes no difference to them and it can be a huge help for me yeah, as in getting more clients. Um, so what I would say to that person in kind words is to take the two second difference to make sure that when you share any content, the person is giving credit to um, to try to put the their selves in to try to put themselves in that person's shoes and think about the credit they would want if it was their art slash pictures podcast etc that was being um and uncredited I, for if i could also jump in i think i would even go further and i, th I think it literally just comes from that point of mm -hmm. ignorance of like not really realizing that it's really important you yeah. know whether it be for my podcast or for your art or photography or anything do the actual opposite when you see a friend that's starting something new, mm -hmm. right now I see, you know, you're like when you were starting your painting, I, I remember I, I shared, oh, look at my friend's uh, new art stuff that she's working on. Uh, when you go out of your way to do that, it, it means the world the for world. those people. Right? The world. Um, one of the first people I, I had on the show, Devere, you know, he started sharing the, the episode and it was like, it's, it's amazing, right? And the same, I do the same with his music. When you lift others up, then the opposite happens of the feeling you were saying. You know, you're, everyone just kind of wants to help each other out, and it's it's amazing. So I think most people, I would assume, would want to bring those 
joyful and exciting energies to others and friends. So I guess, yeah, I I would push for even the complete opposite, right? A hundred percent. I hadn't even thought about it, but it's so true. When people share without giving you credit, I feel like it it gives you the feeling they're taking something away. But when they share and give you credit, and I understand that everyone has the money to buy a piece of art, but just the fact that they're sharing and supporting and lifting you up, it's invaluable. It's almost like they're giving you something. Mm They don't even need to go out of their way to buy the art as much as it's very appreciated. Just share a few kind words, uh, getting to one more like, one more share, one more view from the audience. It means the world. And in the end, I feel like we all have our dreams. We all have our projects. And there's really this thing of like today for me, tomorrow for you. Might be that today I opened my art page and you shared it a million times. Tomorrow you'll open your thing and I'll share it a million times. And it's karma. That's how the world works. Yeah. 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 You're you're a believer in karma, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Uh, okay, cool. So we got to how you originally started pricing art, and I know this can sometimes happen for artists where a client, uh, you mention the price and then like give you the look of, hmm. <laughs> how do you go about telling someone no and standing your ground? Like mm-hmm. this is the price, this is my art, even though you're at the stage where you're kind of starting out. Like, yeah, I want you to talk to that point because I don't know if it's happened. If It's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, honestly, I'm a lone soldier. Most of my friends that buy art from me are either lone soldiers or former lone soldiers. And we all know how much we make. We don't make much. Um, or even like students, just people that are in Israel independently. Um, that's generally my audience. So it's so hard to price because I know that this is, this is their money and they don't have a lot. They're choosing to buy art. That's already a lot. But there's that other side where it does take, the supplies are expensive. It takes a lot of time and energy to make the art. So I can't, I won't work for hours to make you a personalized painting and then not take what I think is enough. So it's meeting in the middle between trying to be kind to my customers, understanding that they're people like me, exactly like me. And also appreciating myself and the work. So I have a template of prices up on my Instagram and Facebook. But I have said that it's flexible, especially to people that order more than one or mostly like people that are, you know, supportive and share and uh, help a lot because that that honestly like is very valuable as well. How do I go about saying no? I tried to negotiate like I had a friend, one of my first clients, let's say ordered four. No, she said how much she was willing to pay from the beginning and asked me how many paintings I could make for that. So I thought about it and I said, okay, she has this amount of money. This is the amount of hours it takes me to make each painting. This is in general what she wants. So I said, I can make four paintings. I can make a big one and a medium one and two small ones. And that was perfect. Like it was a sort of give and take. She started actually by the price and I said what I would do. So that's good. Okay, yeah, I I know... um it's important to not have that pushover attitude, uh, especially when you start out. I think I would tell people if you're starting out with anything uh, to stand your ground and know your value as well. Like you were saying, it's being kind to others, but uh, I think you phrased it beautifully. Like you have to also be kind to yourself and give yourself that respect of what it's actually worth. Cause, and it is, a, I think, also a balance because in order to start up, you do have to have some... Uh, I guess, investment of your time and your energy. And because and, I'm sure all the time you spend on Instagram and managing, 
you'd want to be making way more right now because of that investment that you've put out. But uh, as I guess all entrepreneurs know at the very beginning and, and as you're going through your baby, uh, you have to really put in way more than you expect out of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, if you could tell right now someone who is floating towards uh, life right now, and I'll, and I'll describe what I mean by that, it's they don't really know where they're headed with uh, whether they want to start university, whether they want to move to a different country, start like a, a new page that they just finished high school or they just finished a certain stage in their life and they're not quite sure what to do. Um, first, did you ever have that uh, stage where it can be very daunting? And if so, what would you tell these people to uh, any actionable steps that you could maybe uh, give some advice on how to make decisions or move forward? I think we all have had these stages where we're in between different time periods, either between high school but not in the army yet. For me, I did university before I did the army, and I had a gap of six months um, between finishing my degree and drafting to the army. So that was for sure six months of uncertainty and nothingness and floating around, working here and there, waiting for the next big thing. I think these are, we see them as scary because none of us, adore uncertainty or floating around but now that I look back at it these six months was when I read and painted the most I think periods of uncertainty or periods of uncertainty and being in between things are the biggest opportunities to really focus on things that you wouldn't focus on otherwise because then when you're in university or the army or high school or um a routine like this you don't really have the time to stop for a minute and look at the things you like to do and maybe think about how you could move forward with them or capitalize with them or even if you don't want to just work on them um for example reading it's not necessarily like i can think from the top of my head how you would actually create a big project or a big like entrepreneurial um i don't know project from it but it's something that's worthwhile and that you can definitely do during those times. Or I if mean, it's, it's if anything, it's an investment. I mean, reading is an exactly. investment for yourself. You know, the knowledge you gain or the stories, if you know, more into fiction, uh, you're just gaining from it by being cultured or educated on whatever it is you're reading. And it's important. Uh, I think a lot of times, I think maybe people don't even know, Right. You had that, you, you grew up painting when you were a kid, and uh, I think when we're put into this system our entire lives, you know, from grade, you know, when we were kindergarten all the way to grade 12, and then, you know, in Western world, you go straight to university, it's, mm -hmm. you're constantly on this conveyor belt. Yes. And then when life is so structured and is so organized, those moments of uncertainty that you mentioned, you suddenly aren't able to paint on the walls and read and, and do those certain things so when I, I i assume it might be happening now people finished high school or finished university and they're like what the fuck do i do now <laughs> you know because they haven't had that moment to explore um how would you yeah i don't know if you could talk to that a little mm -hmm. bit like the, the whole exploration process of art um of creativity um 
I guess you mentioned it a little bit with how you actually started painting, but is there any other uh, activities, not just painting and, and drawing, that you've explored and taken a, a jab at? And if so, how did you, how do you continue with them or say, okay, this is not for me? Like, what's your tastes of different activities? So I definitely think that drawing, like the fact that I love to do it so much just shows that the creative side for me is very big and it does manifest itself in other ways. I write a lot, like I write poems, I journal, but that's definitely mostly for myself because that's like if drawing is personal, definitely writing is extremely personal. I don't show anyone what I write except for maybe close friends or boyfriend sometimes. Um, when he behaves as some. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, so that's for sure something very important to me. It's another way to let emotions out, to get the creative process flowing, I guess. Sometimes I'll be writing something. It gives me an idea for something to draw and vice versa. Um, but I do think drawing is my number one. Um, reading, as I was saying before, I'm an avid reader. Um, it is an investment on myself, as you said. The times where... I read the most, I feel also the most energetic and on top of stuff. It comes with so many other benefits for the mind. And I think that's it, just a lot of reading, writing and painting all the time. <laughs> is there anything that is on your to-do list to explore? Whether it be learning an instrument, uh, skydiving, <laughs> something crazy, I don't know. Anything well, on your... when Corona's over, I definitely want to try so many things. I love to explore Israel. It's the most beautiful country in the world. And Corona has taught us that we're always trying to get out and see the world, that we don't try to see our own country enough. So I, before Corona, I did work on going to different places and exploring. Now it's stopped, but I definitely want to continue. And something else that's super important for me, I want to learn how to make digital art. I tried it when the in the first quarantine. I took my boyfriend's iPad when I was bored in the quarantine and I uh, downloaded Adobe Illustrator and started making digital paintings. Some of them are on my page. They're not amazing because it was, I guess, a phase for a time period where I didn't have the strength to just paint regularly all the time and wanted to try new things. Ended up being amazing. The things, even if they're not like professional or perfect, I'm very happy with how they turned out. And I do want to continue pursuing um, everything related to digital illustration, but that is like a further investment on proper equipment, uh, programs that cost money. So I think that's probably for down down the future. <laughs> mm -hmm, down the line. Uh, and for the art that you've already done, if someone wants to start with art right now, what would you say is the basic kit that they should start with uh, for tools and then also like actual, you know, paintings and brushes and also knowledge? What, who would you recommend either on YouTube or books or, or things to kind of get your first uh, jab at art? Um, I can't think of anyone specifically from the top of my head, but I can say that especially now with Corona and the quarantine, everything's accessible online. I haven't personally, I guess, followed any teacher, but I know that there are a lot for free and they record themselves painting and explain very, very patiently. So I definitely would say look up on YouTube and can't think of anyone specifically, but I know that there are lessons. As per a kit, it really depends on what you are what style you want to pursue. I think the most basic and the most fun and what I like to do the most is acrylic paint. It's the typical one. 
Um, and for acrylic paint, it's the best because if you buy primary colors, uh, you can turn very few colors into all the colors in the world just by mixing and exploring. So I would just say, get yourself some cardboard paper, nothing too fancy, you can get it for very cheap. Get yourself some primary colors and just mix away, have fun, maybe look up some ideas on Pinterest, on YouTube. And as you, I guess, get more comfortable with that and dominate that, you can get more color, you can maybe evolve into oil painting, which is a bit more complicated than acrylic. You can move into watercolor that for me is the most difficult. I still don't know if I'm getting it right. <laughs> and there's also pastels, um, colored pencils, charcoal pencils, so much. I feel like as you get more comfortable in one style and want to explore another, you just go to the store and get more and end up with a really big collection and just wasting away all your money like me. <laughs> but it's worth it. I mean, I am painting all the time, I guess, just because it's good for me and I have a lot of stuff. So when others ask me if they can use it or if they can join me for painting or if I would make them something small, like not for money, I always say yes, because it's just it's so nice to paint with people and materials as much as they are expensive. They last for a long time, so you can share them, you can save them, you can do anything you want, paint with friends, paint alone. So it's a really worthy investment for sure. Okay, cool. Um, my One of my final questions that I'll ask you, have you ever finished a painting and you look at it and you say, I need to throw this out, this isn't good, where you think that you it just didn't work? Uh, do you ever just either change it What's your process of when you see errors in your own work? How does that work? So it gets frustrating sometimes. You have an idea in your mind or, I don't know, especially during faces, one of the eyes is always kind of weird and it looks like the person, like something's wrong with their face. Or, I don't know, you see, I painted Jerusalem skyline a lot of times and then I look at a picture and I say, wow, this is very incorrect. And someone that's actually gone to Jerusalem will spot this error, this error. Um, it really goes back to what I was saying about being kind to yourself. It's not only respecting your time, it's also understanding that you will make mistakes. I'm not professional by any means and what I make is not supposed to be an exact portrayal of reality. You have to understand, like, you're an artist, you're not a photographer, so it's not going to be exactly like what you see or what you have in mind. Patience, drawing a lot of layers over layers, resting it out. Like, sometimes if you paint for maybe like three, four hours, and then you get tired, your hand gets tired, your eyes get tired, it gets darker outside. There's no purpose in continuing because, like, if you're feeling tired, if you're not feeling 100% energetic and into it, you're going to ruin your own work if you continue. Uh, this happens a lot with deadlines. If I have a deadline for the next day and I leave it up until the last minute, then I'm going to paint tired and it's not going to look the way I want to. And I don't like I wouldn't sell or give something to a client that I'm not 100 percent happy with. That's why when I get a deadline, I have to start right away and make sure that I have enough time to instead of paying instead of painting four hours in a row to paint one hour one day and then two hours another day, make sure that I'm always in the mood and always up to it. But I have had stances of starting over, throwing things away, painting layers on top of layers. Um, like I'm not a perfectionist. I understand my things won't look exactly the way I want them. And I, like, I, I'm not like those crazy people in the movies that will like break the canvas and <laughs> throw it away or like in some Latino drama or something. <laughs> um, but I will work on it until I look at it and I say, wow, it's 
not perfect, but it's mine and I like it and I think my client will like it. Um, I do have to say, though, I send pictures of the process, especially when it's for a client, not for myself. I care more about it being as good or as perfect as it could possibly be. So I send them pictures of the process and I've had someone say, hey, I love it, but the nose is kind of crooked. Can you change the shading? So I do. I love it, but hey, the I like the this on this side instead of that one. So I change it and I'll change things around and get feedback until the result is pleasing both for the client and for myself. And what do you prefer more uh, when someone gives you an idea to paint or when you just randomly from your, your imagination? Because I know it could also be really cool to bring someone else's vision to life. So what, what's your take on that? So there's two extremes. I've had people give me a picture and say, draw this picture. That's, I guess that's the easiest because there's this isn't the hardest. On one hand, if you deviate from that picture, you're afraid that the person won't like it. On the other hand, you have a template that you follow. And yeah, it's relatively simple. But I've also had clients, like I had someone ask me if I could paint Gun Eden, the paradise. That's all she said. She didn't say, I want it with ocean. Or I want it in the jungle. I want animals. I don't, nothing. She just said, I want you to paint the spiritual painting of the paradise and I trust you. And it was scary because I said, what if in her mind she sees ocean and in my mind I see jungle and it ends up being not what she wants. But then I said, if she just gave me this general idea and she's paying me and she's asking me to go for it, she knows that it, whether it's ocean or jungle, she, she trusts me. So I have to honor that trust and choose a vision based on my ideas and just, you know, pray and hope that she likes it. I guess, but it's also really fun to paint without a prompt, to to be creative. I guess that's the whole thing. It's way better than painting from a picture, even though it can be more challenging and more difficult. I would say I would I prefer when I just get a concept or an idea and I bring it to life. Like I had a friend that also said I want she said, I want the painting of me and my friend in the space with musical components. I blanked and so it's more it becomes a conversation okay so should I make a silhouette of your your friend or do you want it a realistic super po like post over like planets or do you just want the night sky like a conversation back and forth until we get to a mutually um acceptable I guess idea of what the painting would be I can make a sketch I send it to the client she accepts it. There's just so many ways to start, get the idea, get it going. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, I love the creative process there. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a process. Uh, if anyone would like to purchase or get in touch with you, I assume the first would be on Instagram, on your art page, which, like I said, will be linked below. Do you happen to do as well, I guess right now with Corona, not so much, but did you ever do paint nights for a group of people? For sure. I love nothing more than painting with friends. I, as of now, it's not something that's part of the business model. I don't charge money for it because it's like I love the company and I'm painting all the time anyway. So if someone will sit with me, make conversation and drink some wine <laughs> while we're painting, then it's it's amazing. And if I get to push or inspire someone that doesn't regularly paint to paint or to create something, it's it means the world to me it's it makes me very very happy so yes i tend to invite people home i don't necessarily guide them unless they ask me to and i've had friends they say i know how to do the background but can you help me draw the people so i'll help them 
and it's just a great conversation it's there's so many things we can do with friends the typical plans of just sitting drinking playing games but then you can go a step further say hey let's jam let's let's paint let's create something together let's get our creative uh, processes going and I think that's just so great for you as a person to have that company and for your friends to get to see what you love to do and to get to do some of that as well so yes paint nights are the best I hope one day I think about this now with the corona, I guess everyone's thinking, rethinking their career path. But if someday down the line I could open a studio and have paint nights for a living or just become a teacher of some sort and, you know, have paint days <laughs> all my life, I would be, it sounds great. I would be very happy to do that. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, if it ever is a thing, uh, we'll make sure to keep in touch and I will definitely be one of those pain nights. <laughs> uh, okay, so as your final uh, kind of message, since this is a platform for people to listen to different dreamers, what would you say for this platform for some dreamers that are listening? Any last words that you'd want to give to people listening? For sure. So I've always known that I like painting and drawing. And you're told from a very young age that this, is not a career path because it's not profitable and it's very difficult to get into. I went on to study something else in university and it was amazing. I loved my studies. I'm very happy I did my degree. But I always had this sort of burning desire to see what if I continued the painting path instead? What if I had studied this? Could I have become better? Could I actually have been that one exception? Um, it's a question that I guess I'll always have and I'm not here to tell anyone to you know, ditch any career path and just like blindly follow their passion. But I do say don't give up on your passion because in the end, I ended up creating a business in a very unlikely moment. It was the idea of my hairdresser. There was Corona. It worked out. I'm very happy I'm doing it. I get to do that and what I studied in university as well. And so I say pursue it. Don't listen to those voices. There will always be one way or another, whether you actually decide to pursue it in university as a career or on the side. In the end, I invest more time and energy on my art page than I do in anything related to what I study because passion always wins. And the voice inside your heart and your head, you can never shut it up. So I say listen to your voices. Pursue what is good for you in the end. You only get one life and it's you that has to live it, not parents not teachers no one but you so even if you study something else even if you have a job in something else make sure to give time for the things that fit your heart and not only your pockets i love it that's a beautiful okay uh well i'm very happy that uh i think i messaged you yesterday and it was uh quick <laughs> now we're here <laughs> now we're here <laughs> so i'm very thankful that you agreed to be on the on the podcast and uh, yeah, if anyone wants to reach you, if you could, uh, again, pitch your your platforms, all your different, where uh, people could find you. Definitely. So my platform is called Very Artsy for my last name, Barry. I'm very creative. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Facebook and an Instagram platform. Instagram is the best because you get to see stories of the processes of creating a painting, the results, you get to see reviews from my clients, you get to see happy clients taking the paintings away. Whether you have a picture you want me to draw for you, whether you have a simple idea, 
tell me what style you want, the size of the painting, or if you don't know, we'll talk about it together. I'm a person, I'm always on the other side of the phone. So when you're DMing the page, you're talking to me and we will agree on a price. We, I'll show you sketches. We'll talk throughout the whole process. Anything you want to change, anything you want to fix, I will do for you. This is, I guess, for yourself, for your house, for all those bare walls that you have thought of decorating or for your friend, your loved one, um, the kind of person that won't be happy with just a new pair of shoes or a new phone and wants something from the heart. There is no gift that is more heartfelt or meaningful than something personal, something that was made exactly for you or your loved one. So contact me and I will make it happen. Great. Cool. So yeah, make sure to check it out. Even Thank if you're you for e having me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. A, it was a pleasure. Um, <laughs> and we're going to do the outro. Okay? Ooh. There's an outro for every person that I have on the show. Uh, we look at the camera and we're going to say... Thank you for watching and keep on dreaming. I love that. Okay. Yeah, but before that, once again, thank you so, so much <laughs> for having me. This is awesome. And it's really amazing that you're making this platform for people to share their dreams and pursue their dreams. Like, really, we don't take it for granted. So thank you, Abby. <laughs> a pleasure. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure to speak with like-minded <laughs> individuals. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dreamer Talks. I'd love to have you back again next week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review of what you thought of the podcast. I'd really like the input to make this podcast as engaging and entertaining as possible. So once again, a big thank you and I'll see you next week. Thank, thank you, you for, for watching, watching and, and keep, keep on, on dreaming. dreaming.